Good day. I love the, the word that um, Matt gave uh, over scripture because that's the first, that's how we're going to open today because we're going to talk about soul goals. I really love talking about the soul. Um, so we have goals for the New Year's. We have, rev, um, you know, res, resolutions people do, but I'm like, what do we need? What's really going to change? You know, saying you're going to the gym four times a week, that's not going to change unless you have that idea and thought and commitment in your heart. So God's saying it has to start in the soul. So we need to find out what our soul loves and do more of that. Usually we're doing everything opposite and then we get to it and say, oh gosh, I just barely made it through that year. Yeah, because we've been suppressing everything that God's like, I'm, I created you for this. So 3 John 2, like Matt said, Dear friends, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. He's saying if you want things to go well, you better take care of your soul first. Don't care of your job first. Don't take care of your kids first. Don't take care of your finances first. Although, I mean, you should. Those are all good things. Please feed your children. Please pay your bills. Okay? But he's saying first, if you take care of your soul, you're going to be healthy. Good things are going to come to you. You're going to have what you need. But instead, we're like, soul, can you just get at the end of the line? I'll get to you. I just, you know what? I got to run myself ragged. You know, I got to care what everyone thinks about me. I got to do what I think they want me to do, not what you've asked me to do. And then by the time the soul's up there, it's so weary that you're just spent. Nobody's ever felt that way, right? Just a few times. So basically... In our souls, it's moving towards this wholeness, you know, even though we're facing uncertainty. How many of you guys have had uncertainty this year? Like, I do not know how you're going to make this work. I'm just looking and saying, uncertainty, we've had pain, unresolved issues. If you, how many of you guys got a family? <laughs> then you have unresolved issues. <laughs> That's true, you know. We begin to have, but when we, we take care of our soul, we begin to have this inner victory that brings that long-term positive change into our lives, into our children's lives, and even to descendants down the line. When we begin to get that inner victory, the momentary things don't make decisions for what's going to happen in the next generation. You know, because God says in Ephesians 4.4, 4, if you want to turn there, I'm trying to get better at using my paper Bible because it feels good sometimes, doesn't it? Just to flip through there and be like, this is the word of the Lord. It's just, I'm a feeler, so I like, you know, I'm a person that goes to the store. You got to touch everything. My mom had me on a leash when I was a child because I could not quit touching everything, like an actual leash. They didn't make the child leashes yet, so she created one. I touched everything. So in Ephesians 4.4, 4, it says this, There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. We all have the same spirit. We don't need to work on that. Our spirit doesn't get tired. It doesn't, you know, get broken because we have the spirit of the living God inside of us. When we accept Jesus into our life and say, Jesus, I don't want to live for me. I don't want the spirit, you know, of sin and all of that in my life. I want your spirit, the Holy Spirit, to come in me. You're living in my body. That spirit is perfect. I'm not saying you're perfect. I mean, you know, only some of us can get close to <laughs> No, but the spirit inside us really is perfect. And so it's, it's one. We have unity. Like, it's the same, the same spirit. The spirit of the living God lives inside of us. 
So the one spirit is given to us, one body of Christ, but our souls, that's what makes us unique. That's our thoughts, our ideas, our preferences, our likes, our dislikes, you know, um, what personally, personally lights us up, our dreams, our desires. You know, we're birthed into new life with a new spirit in Christ that he gave us through the washing of his blood on the cross. But we live and grow and flourish in our soul. Just like the, the thief on the cross, he had a new spirit. You know, his life did not represent that. He did not have time to have any representation of that or any unique expression. But he had the same spirit as Jesus on the cross next to him because Jesus gave him that. Okay? So that, you don't have to worry about like, I just got to get my spirit right. Your spirit is right the moment you come into rightness with the Lord. But our soul, that's where we live. That's where we see all the things that are good and sometimes not so good. is because we get some choices there. You know, our new spirit in Christ, it never changes. It's always righteous. So if the enemy comes knocking at your door and saying, you're not worthy, you don't have to worry about what he says because you already know you are in Christ. So that does not change. I really want you guys to understand that, that your spirit, when you say, Jesus, I want you, come into my life, that never changes for you. That is the same. You may do a lot of really great things, and then you might turn around and, and walk far, and, but that spirit's still with you, and you might make a lot of bad choices, but the spirit is still there. And you know what? The spirit of the Lord doesn't need rest. It doesn't get weary. It doesn't get troubled and sick. In, in 1 John four thirteen, it says, This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. We don't have to feel it. It doesn't say you feel it. It says we just know because he has given us his spirit. But our soul, that's where life is lived. Yeah. Choices are made. Thoughts persuade us. Ideas excite us. But it also can be where pain can overwhelm us, um, where weariness can be debilitating. Right? We feel, if you felt that, that's your soul. And so I'm going to flip over to Psalms 42. If you want to come with me, you can. Or you can just listen to the melodious of my voice. Whatever you choose. So 42.11, it says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. His spirit, that's pretty cool. It tells us that our spirit has the right to tell our soul, you're not going to act like that. We're not going there. We're not thinking that, and we're not doing that, which means everything you do, you have a choice. And your spirit's saying, guess what? We live inside you, the spirit of the Lord, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, that same spirit that is in the Father, that is in the Son, is in you, and you don't have to listen to what that soul is telling you to do and how that soul is telling you to feel because we are going to serve the Lord. Mm. We like to blame things on our feelings. The soul can be persuaded. Just set it right there. You can persuade your soul. It can choose. It's where life is felt. It experienced. It creates roads um, through memory. When you're a little kid, you learn how to not touch hot things because you touch something hot. Right? 
you learn to put your seatbelt on because every time your parents, when you were little, they buckled you in. And then they were like, you got your seatbelt on? And then when you got older, the thing went ding, 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 until you put your seatbelt on. So you learned through memory, that's what I do. So when we're, when we're thinking about this, and, and, and this is what the Lord says in Jeremiah 6. Guys, I love Jeremiah. Because he had, like, so much emotion. He cried all the time. So then I don't feel so bad about my own life. Um, when I cry, you know, like, you just, I think crying feels good sometimes. Sometimes you need that. So, um, so Jeremiah six sixteen. if you want to turn with me there. And it says, um, this is the word of the Lord. It says, this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. So that's the beginning and the end. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. And then it continues to go on and says, but you said we're not going to walk in it. Mm. I'm going to stop. I'd rather stop it. You will find rest for your soul. Sometimes we stop there. Sometimes we're like, no. And we decide to go, but you will not walk in it. <laughs> if you've had children, you know that you're like, this is good for you. And they're like, I'm doing the opposite because you said this was good for me. Um, could, could you a Kleenex? Um, so it says that we make the crossroads, we make paths, we stand there and say, thank you, Mercy. We say, which way um, do we need to go? And we get to choose. So how's that working? How is life going some of you guys are like, that was a great year. Some of you are like, oh my gosh, you're just one thing after another. And I kept making choices, so the next thing would happen, the next thing. And then when something happened to me, I chose that my attitude would, would align over here instead of over here. And everything just got messed up. So I want to think for a minute. Think of, like, your spirit as a seed. If I give you a corn, a, you know, a corn seed... You can't say, well, I'm going to hope this turns into wheat. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. <laughs> Hopefully if you're, you know, but the, the great thing is, is when you plant a seed, it's really not, the seed stays the same. It's not going to change what it is. But what you produce depends on how much you care for it, what you do if you're protecting it. You know what? If you're putting it under a basket all the time, if you're overwatering or underwatering it, if you're neglecting it, if you're letting everything come in and just, you know, squeeze it out, it's going to decide how much harvest or if you even have one. It's still the same seed. But that's that's kind of how the soul is. We decide on whether we're going to have a great harvest or we're going to let it just get scorched out. It's what you do with it. It chooses so that you can choose what it will reproduce, what it will flourish. In Galatians 6, it says, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh you will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, the Spirit will reap eternal life. Say, you choose. He's not saying you have to do this. It doesn't say a command. He's saying, here or here, this is what you get. Are you going to take care of it? Are you going to watch out for it? Are you going to make sure that things don't come in and trample on it? We are really bad at letting people come in and trample on, on our boundaries and our lives. And then we're like, oh, they just hurt me. Well, you know what? 
If they can get this close to you, yeah, they can. Did you put a fence up and say, you can look at it from over there. I will wave to you. But you're not going to come up here where you can lay hands on me and hurt me. Sometimes we, we think, well, that's what the love of Christ is, just letting everybody into every area of our life and just loving them. That's not true. That is harmful to your soul. So we need to find out what our soul loves. Because my soul does not love the same things, really, that yours may. Okay? Those of you that like winter and cold. You know, our souls do not long for the same vacations and the same rest that maybe yours do, right? We'll pray for you to come to the right side, but, you know, what lights you up? Like, someone's talking about it, or someone says you get to do this, or, or this happens, and you're like, yeah. Like, if someone says math to me, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I'm like, is the devil in here? You walk in, what's happening? You know, so when I have math, I call my child which um, I did try to help her one time in fifth grade with math, and I got it wrong, and she said, you are never allowed to help me again because she's way more advanced than me. Um, way, she's been more advanced than me probably since third grade. And I'm just like, okay, you know, it's either you or Google, whatever. Um, so what lights you up? And give your life more of that. Give yourself more of that. Exercise, yay! No, I said exercise. No, You know what? Exercise. Sometimes it feels good. If you love exercising, you might like, I hate running. I'm just trying to follow the word of the Lord. In Proverbs, it says, only the wicked run when no one is chasing them. I am just trying to be obedient to the word of God. Okay? So I really hate running. And I run really ugly. Like, it is, I don't know, like, my hair just gets out of control. My legs, everything just... I don't know what happens, but it is like the Lord did not create me to run. Um, but I do, I like to exercise sometimes. It feels good, you know, so I like things like yoga. I like riding bikes and, and things like that. So, <clears throat> but if I constantly am like, you know, I made this dedication and, and I'm going to run and I'm going to do this every day. Do you think I'm going to stick with that? I'm going to start making excuses of why I can't. Oh, and, and I'm going to start cheating and be like, I'm going to go a mile. And then I'm going to be like half a mile in. And I'm going to be like, you know, like I did, I at least I did five sit-ups this morning. So that should be equal to like another half a mile, right? You know, you start, you start doing that because you start dreading it. You don't even want to go work out because you're like, I have to get on the treadmill. I don't even go on a treadmill. I hate them. Because it means, they'll be like, you start walking, and then it's like, do you want to go up? And it's got those buttons, and they're looking at you like, come on, run. And I'm like, shut up, treadmill. You know, <laughs> don't tell me what to do. So I like the elliptical, because I, like, I feel like I'm just gliding. Like, I'm just like flying in the, in the spirit. You know, I like the exercise bike and actual board, board, um, riding bikes um, in the summer. So if, if I force myself and be like, my soul really hates that, and I dread it, I'm going to hit snooze in the morning. When I go to the gym, I'm going to be like, oh, you know, unplug the treadmill, tell them it's broke. I don't know. I mean, it could get to that point. <laughs> Depends on how dedicated you are to that. But, you know, but you might like running. There are some people, we call them crazy, but um, they like running. I'm just teasing you. If you like running, it is definitely okay. Just don't ask me to go with you. So we need to do things that make our soul happy. 
that bring joy to our soul, that, that make our soul healthy. So what lights up your soul? As I'm talking, you're probably thinking, as I was talking about running, you're probably like, oh, I love running. Or you were like, yes, I'm with you, girl. Come on, let's make a non-running club. Yeah, we'll show them. So do you like things like hosting parties? Do you like movies? Do you like reading? Do you like going to the beach? Do you like going out for coffee? Do you just like sitting with people and talking? Do you like riding horses? Do you like being alone? Do you like being with people? Do you like taking classes with people or online? What's your hobbies? Do you like your job? Do you like certain jobs that you like to go to? Do you like building relationships? What brings you joy? What makes your soul be like, I can't wait till I get to do this? You know, maybe, you, maybe your job is something you do, but you're like, I can't wait till this time and I can go home and do this. I can't wait to see this person. We all went through the holidays like Maddie. Um, so went through the holidays, and if you feel like, oh, I have to see my family. Just being real, people. But man, and then there's other people. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. I'm going to see them. I can't wait. What do you, you know, when you, what are you doing this day? What are you doing this day? What are you doing now? What are you doing now? You want to come over? I'm not, you know, whatever it is. We had some people stop by last night, and you know, we, did? we just like kept cooking French fries, and just eating, them. and they made cookies and made a mess, and and even even their pets came over and visited. You know, it's if if you like that, if that brings you a little joy, start giving that to your soul. Do more of that. And to do that, you have to put some boundaries up. Because busyness likes to come in and take your time. So that thing that seems to drain your time, your soul, that drama, that bad choice, those bad relationships, so that they don't control your time, your thoughts, you infiltrate your ideas, you need to have some boundaries. That's hard because we're supposed to be, you know, sometimes in, in the church they've taught us, you just need to just love everyone and just let everyone know you don't. Loving people is having boundaries because if you teach them to not have any boundaries and then they don't have any boundaries, now they're pain and broken and people have used and abused them and you've taught them that. You know, I always thought when people like force their kids, go give grandma a hug, go give this person a hug and a kiss, I'm like, No. Do you like, would you like it if I just come up and be like, hug you without asking? I'm, I'm sorry, I probably do that to some of you, but <laughs> if, if you don't like hugs, put your hand up and say, stop. You know, whatever. But, you know, we force, we force that stuff sometimes. We don't like that. I don't like that. I don't want someone controlling that for me. Um, and God doesn't do that either. But what makes your soul happy? If people are constantly, put those boundaries up. Healthy boundaries. Now, don't be mean to them. Be like, get away from me, freak. I mean, please do not respond like that. You might have some bitterness. We will pray. Come on, we'll pray for you. You know, that's, that's not a boundary. That's anger issues, okay? There's a difference. If you don't know how to have boundaries. There's this awesome book called Keep Your Love On by Danny Silk. If you feel that in any area you do not know how to have boundaries successfully, you should get that book and read that because that will really help you learn how to put those boundaries up so that your life will have more joy, more peace, and your soul will prosper.
Okay. So I'm going to tell you what my soul likes. You guys ready for this? My soul, number one, likes wearing heels. Um, that one was free. But my, I like hosting people at my house. I like building the little parts of relationships. All the little things, the things you can be goofy with and silly. I love the building of relationships. I love watching movies. You know, I love reading for enjoyment. And you know something I found out in this last year? I put a schedule on myself to read all these books to grow me, which is really good. I do like those too. But what happened is I began to have anxiety because I didn't feel that I was where I needed to be with everything that was going on. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to read this. So like for three months, I didn't read a book and just watch Netflix. (laughs) And I thought, oh, man. And I thought, no, I love reading. Why am I, why am I putting these down? Because, you know, what? I also need to give my soul and just read for some enjoyment. Like, I want to read this book because I want to read it. You know, I, lo- I like reading comic books. I like reading, you know, magazines. I like doing, I want to read everything. I like reading novels. So I'm like, I need to remember that, that my soul needs some of that, too. I love pets. Now, I don't know if God just is hilarious and I married someone who does not like pets. But the great thing is, the Lord bless me, that all the pets love him. Isn't he funny? But I love, you know, they may be messy and stuff, but they're just so, I love animals. I love when you come home, no matter what. You know what, I don't scare them in the morning with my hair, but I scare other people. They see me and they act like nothing. And I'm like, yeah, that, and then you wonder why I'm like, good dog. You know, they tell me I look pretty all the time. You know, no matter what I'm wearing, they're wagging their tail like, oh my gosh, I look so awesome. You know, and they're just comforting because when you're dealing with emotion, they just, you know what, they don't care if you're right or wrong. To them, it doesn't matter. So I like animals, and God said he gave us animals, so that is something I really enjoy. So if I didn't have any pets, I probably wouldn't be, my soul wouldn't be as joyful. You know, you see people, kids especially, I don't know, but kids just like are attracted to animals. You know, because I think it's kind of even their, their, their souls are like, because animals are usually happy and excited, and so are children, because we haven't broke them down and said, don't listen to your soul, do everything opposite, and this is what you got to do. Until you're broken and, and angry and bitter like everybody else. I mean, we almost train ourselves to do the opposite of what our soul loves. And God's like, oh, no. I like organizing. I love throwing things away. Don't you guys, does that not feel amazing to fill a trash bag? Sometimes I throw things away that I need just so I can finish filling a trash bag. So if anybody needs help with that, I got your back. It's just good. Just put it in the trash and light it on fire. Okay, I don't light everything on fire, but. So I also, you know what I like? I like church. I like coming here. I'm like, yes, I get to come here, not, oh, I have to come here. It is 51 days a week for an hour and a half. That's it. Out of 365 days, that's all I get to come to here. Instead of I have to come. I get to come. I get to hear a good word. I get to see people. You know, no one here usually, I have not seen anyone when you come in and be like, get out of here, weirdo. You look horrible today. You should not wear those shoes with that dress. Ugh. No one says that to you here, right? They're like, so cute. You look so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. I have missed you. How has your week been? Like, everybody, this is like, 
like a utopia of kindness when you walk in here. Why would you not choose to start your week with this? Sleeping in, guess what? You're still tired. You hit this news that I'm not going to church, I'm tired. Guess what? You're still tired. Tell me, you know what? Tell me you're not, you are. Because you know what? Your soul did not get what it needed. You took care of your body first, and God's like, how's that working for you? Because then you tired Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, and you are tired for the whole week because you thought an hour extra of sleep would change the outcome of your life. And God said, I already gave you something that is free that you can participate in that will energize your soul for the week. So I get to be here. So I, that is something I love. I love going to the events. The Revive Connects, I love doing that. Jade and Jordan and Jared and Kaylee, they spend a lot of time organizing those and putting those together for you guys. And they are, it, you get to talk to people and you get to have fun. And they always have good food because a lot of you guys are great cooks when we have potlucks and stuff. And I'm so thankful. And the kids, and you get to know people. That's where you really can sit down and start to get to know people a little bit. And it's fun and I don't have to think about all the the work parts I have to do and all the jobs I have to do, I can just go and enjoy myself. So I really love I like going to classes and conferences. Maybe you're not. Some people are not. I'm like, I could sit there for six hours and be like, more, come on. You know, I love going to conferences that start at 10 in the morning and end at 10 at night. And then I sleep and then I go back. That's me. It might not be you. So don't be like, oh, that's not me. That's okay. But those are the things I love. You know, do more. Make a better balance. Don't let the draining things take over your life. Trying to be perfect. I used to be, I'm in my house still. I like it to be clean. But so I've realized that that can be anxiety for me to have to have it to that. And I, I remember I was talking to one of my daughters the other day. And I said, you know what, don't waste your life worrying about your weight. Look at your health because, you know, teenage girls and even teenage boys, I think sometimes, they're always looking at their appearance and they're starting with, with the flesh and the physical and they're not taking care of their soul. And I said, I wasted so much anxiety, so much stress on my life worrying about that, that I don't, I have so many, I could have changed the course of my life and how things been for 10 years of my life because I was so worried about the scale. And now I'm like, I love what I'm doing. I love, I don't feel... You don't, I don't have to feel in my soul like, I didn't go to the gym today. I'm a horrible person. I ate a whole cake. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just joking. <laughs> I just <laughs> but even then, I don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, that's the end of the world. I heard someone say to me, they said, my friend, Miss Bunny. And she said this quote to me, and she said, I wish I was as fat as I was the first time I thought I was fat. I wasted all of my life worrying about that. And I thought, man, I wish I could be like 20 fat. (laughs) Give me my 20. It's good because, you know, like God makes us the body that we have, and it's okay. We look different. It's beautiful. 
So that's just something that was just, you know, balancing, not letting things taking over your life. Because I know that that's a big one that takes, I mean, that is like the number one like resolution for the year that we let that control our lives and our thoughts. And we don't even have time for God. You know, the things that drain you, that make you weary, your soul tired and painful. But we need to... we need to take those things and begin to schedule it and begin to put boundaries so that we can experience the things that soothe, heal, and excite our soul. We're allowing all the stuff that brings pain and tiredness and weariness, but we're not soothing it. We're not bringing it nothing. We're not like waiting for a Wednesday. I get to do this. Like yoga, it is awesome. I love it. It's fun. You know, I just like getting together with people there. We have a great time. But I'm like, I want to do that. I get to get out of my house and do something. If you love relationships, but you're spending 90% of your time with people who carry drama and pain, you need to reevaluate the time you're spending with people. Give the people that spark your your heart and and your soul, give them 90% of the time. Oh, well, they're family. Well, they treat you horrible. Maybe you need to put some boundaries up. Why do you have to feel bad every time you leave a connection with them? This is getting real because we do that. We allow people to continually hurt us. And God's like, no, take your time and spend it with 90% with the people who carry, you know, that joy. Give the people maybe 10% that drain you. Maybe if they're really draining and they are constantly, you know, tearing you apart, maybe one. And maybe if it is so bad, maybe there is a season where they don't get any of your time. I did that once with someone in my life. They didn't see me for a whole year. And it changed the course of their life. It changed the course of that they started actually saying that I think I want to give my life to Jesus. And I wasn't mean to them. I didn't yell at them. I didn't tell them what they did bad. I just said, I'm not going to be around when you're acting like this. It is not healthy for me. I have a great relationship with that person now, which is so good. But it was a whole year. Didn't see me. Didn't talk to me. You know. Nothing, no contact, not even Facebook likes. But then, but instead we go, these people that hurt us over and over and think that they can act badly because we've allowed them to, we give them 90% of the time and then we wonder why we're down and depressed and, and our soul is downcast. That is why. No, I don't want you to write letters and be like, my pastor said that I should not talk to you anymore. Because you're a bad person. No, they're not a bad person. I always just say, you know what? I don't like how you're treating me, and that's not okay. When you can get yourself under, the, under control, you're welcome to come see me. And I walk away with a smile all the time. That, you know what the smile does? Terrifies them. Like, oh, my gosh. Are they, like, just able to control themselves that much? Are they crazy? I don't even know. But you know what that does for you? freedom. That gives you freedom. That's exactly it. Um, Maya Angelou, I love her quotes. She's wise and she said, never make someone a priority when all you are to them is an option. 
you give them all the time and they just seem to never have time for you. You do everything. You're the one making all the calls. They're never calling you back. You're doing everything for them all the time and they seem to never have time. Their life just seems to be busier than yours. Everybody has the same level of busyness. We all have the same number of days. We get to choose what we put into it. It's not like you have 28 hours and they only have 24. You have the same hours. You have the same number of days in the week, right? But some people think, well, my life. No, you just don't know how to manage your life yet. That's the difference. We need to do more of what our soul loves. Schedule it. Make room for it, you guys. Make room for those things. Now, I'm not saying, you know, sit on the couch and and be like, oh, I'm going to watch. My soul really likes to watch Netflix and eat potato chips and chocolate. Okay, that feels good. That might be a day. But, you know, if once you get to the end of the day, how many of you guys have done that? Come on, you have not. Maybe it's not Netflix. Maybe Like the day, New Year's Day is like I don't move. And I don't cook. And hopefully there's like leftover stuff or potato chips or chocolate. And I haven't drinking water for 24 hours. You know, at this time, I'm not moving. And I'm like, I mean, it's even like you get up and turn the channel. You know, and by about five o'clock, you're like, I need to get out of this house. I need to do something. I need to move. And that's when I actually like get up and like run around the house and, and, you know, do cartwheels, knock things over, break things, whatever. (laughs) Fill up a trash bag. You know, you know, what's really fun. Not just filling up a fill up a trash bag with other people's things. (laughs) That will bring excitement to your life. I actually used to do that as a living. I would uh, clean for hoarders. I've seen things. I've seen things the Lord has had to heal me of. <laughs> you know that show, Hoarders? I, that's what I did. I cleaned for people like that. I don't mean people that are like, oh, I like to stack things. I'm talking about hoarders where the newspapers are stacked to the ceiling in their tub. Where half of their, you know. And it, it just felt so good. Like, I knew they were never going to use this stuff and they would want to save it. As soon as they'd go somewhere, I was like fill my car with trash bags and go drink. I would drive to the school. I'm not going to tell you what school. It wasn't this school. And I would throw all of it in the dumpster because I was like, I need to show some progress. What brings your soul joy? Start doing that. Start doing more of that. You know, Don't sit there and do that. That feels good for one day. Your soul might need that for a day or might need it once a month or whatever, but then start to do the things. If you're like, I actually do want to move and and exercise. Well, find what you like. If you like running, find an Elvis. They usually like to run (laughs) with you. They can be your partner, okay? Don't find a Richard. Well, maybe some of them. Don't find the dark-haired Richard. (laughs) It's something with the blonde half like to run. The brunette half do not. I don't know. Maybe it's like something in our DNA. But, you know, if you like to watch movies, you know, watch movies. And if you like to be with people, say, come over, watch a movie with us. If you like to sit in your pajamas, find other people who are okay when they come over that you guys are just, you know. If you like to dress up, do that. Go out and, and, and do those things. Give it a little bit. You know, you know you have to work. You know you have to take care of kids. You know you have things you have to do. So then make sure the time after that you're not scheduling and just scrolling through your phone. That really doesn't bring you joy. 
you think it does in a moment, but then you look and then you have anxiety. I just spent two hours looking at, you know, like Facebook people like, you know, I just spent two hours of looking at that. And I'm sitting here and I don't got no makeup. I'm just like, wow, they're pretty. Well, they got filters. Okay. That doesn't bring, it really doesn't, and we all do it. I have a timer that says stop looking at Facebook on my phone. For games, too. You know, it's like, what do you really enjoy? Make time for that. I'm going to finish with this. Because like, like you said, freedom, that is the goal. We want to be free, free from the biz- schedule of busyness, free from overwhelming and pain. We want to be free from that. So in 2 Corinthians 3, <clears throat> 17, the word of the Lord says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You carry the Spirit of the Lord, then you have freedom. Don't let the enemy put things in your life and roadblocks in your life. Don't make decisions that put you back under bondage. When that bondage is coming and you feel overwhelmed and you feel weary, say, no, the Spirit of the Lord is in me and I am free. And if right now you're like, I don't know that freedom, I want you to just take a moment and say, Jesus, I don't know you like that. You don't have to jump up and run around, or you don't have to come up here. You don't have to go tell someone after. You can if you want to. But today, or even right now, if that's you, say, Jesus, come in. I want your spirit living inside of me. Maybe you've been living in church, and you've been going, and you've been living in religion. Today is the day, not tomorrow. Like I said, don't wait for the walls to fall down. If you're like, I've just been doing this to make someone else happy. The Lord says, no, today, ask me. Ask me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Set me free from the sins of my life and the choice. Make me white as snow with your blood. You paid for that. I agree that I'm a sinner. And the only way to be set free from that is to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? We don't even have to close our eyes to do that. Do it right here. So I'm just going to finish and pray and just pray that.